Welcome to the Fast Casual QSR Web and Pizza Marketplace Podcast. The pandemic has nearly passed, but consumer habits have been set. If you aren't the most convenient option, you're losing sales to your competition. Luckily, Gimbal's on the way, SDK. Let stores know when a customer has left, if they're stuck in traffic, and when they've arrived. Don't make Timmy wait. I wonder how long this is going to take. Deliver magical experiences. Here's your order, sir. Whoa, thanks. For all your curbside and in-store pickup customers. Visit gimbal.com slash podcast to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast with me, your host, Shelly Whitehead. Today, we're headed to the seaside to chomp down on the insanely nutritious and equally delicious fruits of the sea. And that's because our guest today is the founder, CEO, and executive chef of seafood-centric brand, Slapfish. The menu of this 27-store chain is a drool-inducing wonderland, stuffed with everything from tasty chowder and bacon-blanketed fries, lobster and crab-filled grilled cheese sandwiches, to tangy ceviche, lobster grinders, and poke bowls. His name, of course, is Andrew Gruel, and he is here to give us the latest on the concept, what it's about, and where it's heading. Welcome, Andrew. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we're delighted. Now, let's just kind of start with having you give us kind of the elevator pitch for this brand, including all those goodies like your home base, geographic reach, mission, and anything else you think would make our audience fall in love with Slapfish, including why that name? Great question. So it comes from Slapfish is fish so fresh it'll slap you. Um, so, you know, that's the little play on the name. I also do absolutely love onomatopoeia. So I thought it was really fitting for the brand. And of course, we want to evoke images of a fish slapping around on the deck, incredibly fresh right on the boat. Our goal, our mission, especially given the fact that we're in the fast casual space, is really to get people to eat more seafood, but more of the right types of seafood, more well-managed, sustainable seafood. We are able to serve the quality of fine dining, but at that kind of cost and convenience of faster food by buying as close to the source as possible, really understanding the supply chain, cutting out the middlemen and, and vertically integrating, right? Owning and packaging our own product and buying in as large bulk as possible. So when it comes to our products itself, you know, from the very beginning, our model was only to offer five or six different types of seafood at one time so that we could keep the volume up, turnover through the product um, and be able to get those economies of scale. We're based out of Huntington Beach, California. That's where our first location started. We actually began as a food truck in Southern California in 2011. We went from one to four food trucks and then quickly rolled those into our first brick and mortar about nine months later um, and then opened that brick and mortar and be began our, our kind of growth plan. We always we decided from the very beginning, I knew I wanted to scale this so that we could kind of push that idea of sustainable seafood across multiple markets. Now, here we are, uh, gosh, how many, what about almost 10 years? Yeah, 10 years later, I don't even know the years. And um, we're actually opening our 28th location uh, in a few weeks here. Where's that going to be? 
Um, so that's going to that's going to be in downtown Indianapolis. We already have one location there, which is our traditional slapfish, but we've morphed into a subsidiary concept that we do open. We have a few of these. They're called raw bar by slapfish, which is more full service connected to the fast casual. And it's oysters and an ever changing kind of chilled raw bar menu. So we'll be opening that one up shortly. That will be huge. Now, as I understand it, and as you talked a little bit, you and your brand are both pretty good, upstanding citizens and that you not only are hell-bent on turning everybody on to the nutritious joy that is seafood, but also committed to being socially responsible in your operations and products. So I wonder why that's so important and how is that helping you reach your target customer? Well, you know, it's not even necessarily that we use that as a, uh, you know, kind of a chip to get people in. It's just really part of the DNA of the brand. So if we back up before I started Slapfish, I'd been in the restaurant industry my whole life, hospitality, hotels. But in 2009, when the economy turned, I took that as an opportunity to follow through on a passion project of mine, which is really kind of marine conservation, ocean stewardship. And I started a program with the Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach, California, called Seafood for the Future. And my role um, was to really connect chefs to fishermen, aquaculturists, teach consumers about sustainable seafood. What does that mean? Why should we be eating more seafood to help the ocean? And that became the foundation of Slapfish. I mean, it was really the building blocks of our entire brand today. So, you know, it seems like a conflicting message, right? Help the ocean by eating more seafoods. But fishermen and aquaculturists and those of us who love the ocean, you know, we are the stewards of the ocean itself so that we can keep its bounty alive and, you know, keep it incredibly resilient as it is now. So, that's really just all about who we are and sustainable tastes better. At the end of the day, sustainability means you have a much higher quality product that comes with care and is focused on quality. So that's really important to what we do as a brand. Have you kind of found that customers are increasingly interested in that and increasingly want to spend their money in that direction? 100%. So when we started 10 years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case, right? At the time of the top of the list of what drives us to make our decisions when we go out to eat, it was convenience, cost, quality, and kind of at the bottom of that list was sustainability. People were aware of it and very conscious, but it wasn't driving people's immediate decision to go out where they would go out to eat, how and when. Now what we've seen over the past decade is the awareness has really amplified and people are making their decisions based on that because a lot of people now do understand that sustainability equals higher quality as well. So when you kind of connect that original one or two on that list down to the bottom of the list, which was, you know, kind of the eco-friendly sustainability of a product 10 years ago, now they're really, you know, they're, they're conflated in a good way. So we've, we've been really pleased to see that our customer base has become a lot more aware of how we make our purchasing decisions. Okay. Now your stores are pretty spread out aside from in and around California, but you have locations in very beef eating parts of the nation too, like Indiana and Oklahoma, among others. So do you have to tweak your approach and menu to sell well in those less Oceanside areas or is that not an issue? It's really about the education, right? So we need to be able to uh, 
educate, well, first internally, our internal customers, our team members, and then be able to educate the guests and make sure that we market it as such, right? All of our seafood is flash frozen at sea. It's all sashimi quality, high quality, sushi grade, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's actually really good when it comes to seafood because fresh seafood that sits out and, de- I mean, it's really decomposing, um, you know, for weeks at a time. We firmly believe in the, the, the quality of properly frozen at sea seafood so that when you do thaw it out, it's as if it was just you've unpaused time right after the fish came out of the water. So we've been able to educate the market about that in interior areas, areas that aren't traditionally exposed to high quality seafood. And once they've come in and they've tasted the product, right, which is why we do a lot of giveaways when we open and they realize how fresh it is and the unique nature of our menu, then we can garner their loyalty as a guest. Um, but there's certainly a learning curve. You, you are correct. But on the flip side, some of those markets are our best markets. Like right now, Indiana is our number one market. Albuquerque is a really strong market for us. Utah is a huge market for us. Uh, all interior inland areas that traditionally don't consume a ton of seafood. So it's my contention that it's been a lack of supply, not necessarily a lack of desire. Wow. Um, so that's great that you've kind of won over Indiana's heart. Um, you know, so you, you're selling with the customers, but I'm wondering what about the franchisees or the potential franchisees? What's the growth trajectory look like for the chain on franchisee interest and ownership? And who makes the best slap fish operator? Um, well, you know, we've got some great operators already in the system. Uh, we don't necessarily have a set formula. Like we didn't come at this and say, okay, we need, you know, an existing multi-unit operator, highly capitalized. We've got some franchisees who have never been in a restaurant business who are some of our best franchisees. And then we have other franchisees who have been large multi-unit operators who have gone on to, um, you know, the, who have left the, the system and we've taken their stores back. Not you know, it's been amicable. Um, so there, I find that it's really about just the passion for the brand and their own market. Moving forward, we actually are pausing on our franchise growth. We've, we've um, absorbed a lot of our franchise stores and we're going to be growing corporately throughout the Southwest region. We're still allowing the existing franchisees who are strong operators to grow within their markets. But our real strategy over the next three, four, five years is to grow out Southern California, Arizona, and Texas and create a real hub in the Southwest for the brand um, and then utilize that to create a new template and a new model whereby our, possibly in the future, a new line of franchisees can come in and grow that out in other parts of the, of the country. That's interesting. And you anticipated my next question was, which was around your growth strategy um, you know, how, how do you identify and how did you identify that, um, Southwestern corner of a nation as being a place where you really want to grow out corporately? Well, we learned early that, you know, our, uh, the reason we started growing via franchising right off the bat was because I wanted to scale and I knew that the model worked, but I wasn't able to raise capital. I mean, it was just the, you know, the hard reality of the situation in 2012, still with the recession, you know, in everybody's close rearview mirror, it was very difficult to raise capital for a restaurant without a ton of kind of existing um, equity behind me or assets, what have you. So the, the, the angle by which we could grow was through franchising. And what we did learn in doing that was that it was hard because 
we were, um, you know, we, we, we didn't have the infrastructure in place, right? So distribution, supply chain setup, when you kind of take a shotgun approach around the country uh, and where we've now decided, we've said, let's really build out that infrastructure. Let's establish those distribution channels. Let's make sure that we develop a real strong hub and get as the, the biggest, the boldest economies of scale as we can within that area and then grow from there. So that's what's driving that decision to slow down across the country and to really focus on our geographic region. That's interesting. You know, as you were saying, distribution is so important to your product, um, you know, and getting it fresh. Well, I tell you, I can like almost smell the shrimp sizzling as we speak, but I do have to ask you two last quick questions. First, kids are notoriously anti-seafood. So what's your secret for selling fish to the little fry when they're seemingly adamantly opposed to it? Or do you even try? Oh, we do. We do. And we've got a real extensive kids menu that goes beyond just your chicken fingers and your kind of fried fish bites. Um, although we do have crispy fish bites on there. For us, it's really about using a lot of acids, citrus, um, you know, you know, bold flavors without having the fish too fishy. So, you know, we use things like mahi and cobia and a mild flaky white fish with the kids, lobster and crab, our clobster grilled cheese. The kids absolutely love it. Crispy fish bites. So trying to keep it kind of fun and whimsical, a lot of sauces, um, a lot of different colors. That's how we get the kids engaged um, with the seafood. I bet your parents are like very grateful. (laughs) Yes, yes, 100%. And look, we've done since the pandemic started, seven days a week, all day, we do kids eat free, just because a lot of parents haven't had the opportunity. You know, well, kids were getting their meals at uh, at school. And now with school shut down, it's been difficult for a lot of parents. So in doing that, we've actually really opened the floodgates, if you will, to that demographic of, you know, six to 12 year olds. And it's been pretty successful for us, especially when it comes to just introducing kids to really good seafood. Okay, so I just have to know this before we part, and that is, what is your favorite menu item, if you can pick one? It changes daily, but I will say <laughs> that if it, if it came down to it and I wasn't counting calories and it was just on pure decadence alone, I would go with chowder fries to start and then the clobster grilled cheese to finish. Those chowder fries sound amazing. And the, the grilled cheese, I've got to have. So um, I'll be heading to Indianapolis. That's not too far from me. So thank you for that. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Uh, my guest today, Slapfish founder, CEO, and executive chef, Andrew Rule, has been our guest on today's show. We hope the discussion today has you headed out for something fishy just like me. But that's it for now. So here's wishing everybody listening a great day and great business. Bye, y'all. The pandemic has nearly passed, but consumer habits have been set. If you aren't the most convenient option, you're losing sales to your competition. Luckily, Gimbal's on the way, SDK. Let stores know when a customer has left, if they're stuck in traffic, and when they've arrived. Don't make Timmy wait. I wonder how long this is going to take. Deliver magical experiences. Here's your order, sir. Whoa, thanks. For all your curbside and in-store pickup customers. Visit gimbal.com slash podcast to learn more.